Today's episode contains mature content. Listener discretion is advised. This is Cody Ray Miller, and you're listening to the Dude Fuel Podcast. Welcome to the Dude Fuel Podcast. Today's episode is uh, some somewhat mature, and so listener discretion is advised. It is also geared primarily toward men. I know that we have a lot of awesome ladies who listen to this podcast and are inspired by it, and uh, I've heard from you, and I appreciate that so much. There might be something here for you, but it is aimed primarily at the guys, and yet again, let me say that listener discretion is advised. If you have kids around, you probably do not want them listening to to this, um, but we're going to um, dive right in here and talk a little bit about an issue that is something that's been floating around uh, in my mind for a long time, something I was exposed to pretty early on. So we're going to go ahead and dive in here. If you're still listening, uh, that means that um, you're ready for this content, and again, you don't have uh, any, uh, any young ears nearby. If that is the case, please pause. So I want to talk today, guys, about semen retention, okay? I don't do a lot of these types of podcasts that are very specific and that, you know, target my audience um, so, uh, I guess, so closely, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, cu- I'm basically alienating half of, of my listenership, at least, or potential listenership, um, because, you know, this is a, a man's issue, right? This is something, uh, no pun intended, <laughs> this is a, uh, this is something for the guys out there. Uh, you know, semen retention, if you're not familiar with the concept, is literally the idea of not ejaculating, not losing semen, but retaining it with the goal being that you can utilize its energy, its sort of vital force to, um, Uh, improve your life in a number of ways. And so, uh, in the yogic tradition, this is called brahmacharya. And brahmacharya is often translated as celibacy, but you know, perhaps uh, a better way of putting it, my my digital guru, Sadhguru, uh, I love Sadhguru, and uh, he talks about Brahmacharya, Brahman meaning the ultimate, and Charya meaning the way. And so it's the way or the path of the ultimate. Um, but if you look up Brahmacharya, uh, which don't ask me to spell it, I can hardly pronounce it, Maybe I'm not pronouncing it right, but uh, if you look it up on on YouTube, you'll find all these videos, and many of them are using uh, brahmacharya and semen retention interchangeably as if they're sort of the same thing. And then, guys, you also have the NoFap movement, okay, if you're not familiar with that. So, the NoFap movement is, you know, guys who have committed not to masturbating, and, you know, in, in, in... it's not just about that, but if you get into the community, it's really about you know avoiding uh, you know avoiding anything that would be pornographic in nature. And and so for some guys that's going to be audio, right? For other guys it's going to be something visual, whether it's online or it's a magazine, um, or you know even um, you know any kind of erotic literature on or offline. But you know semen retention is this thing that. Um, 
I have attempted in my own life, but you know, just being honest, it's been really, really uh, difficult. It's been quite a challenge for me. And I think it is for a lot of guys out there. Um, you know, when we become teenagers, we our hormones just completely just just take over and hijack us, right? Um, and they just they just grab the wheel and they move us in all kinds of crazy directions with our thoughts and with our actions. Now that's not an excuse, of course, uh, for poor behavior or poor choices, but the reality is that these impulses are very, very, very strong. But having an impulse and choosing to act on that impulse are two very, very different things, aren't they? So, you know, when we were teenagers, uh, you know, things kind of went crazy. And I think for most of us, you know, most of us guys, we, we were too young, uh, at least most of us, right? In, in the modern society, we were too young to get married. Um, and our parents were telling us, it's probably not a great idea for, you know, you to be going out and having sex with, with anyone because there's the risk of STDs and the risk of pregnancy. And, you know, even if you're using protection and all of these safeguards, there's still just some risks there. And so, again, I know we've all sort of been raised in different ways, but I was basically told, you know, you shouldn't be having sex until you're ready to potentially be a father, right? Because that is a potential uh, consequence of sexual activity. And so, again, lots of different views on sex here. We, we, we could unpack all of that. But the only point that I'm making is that, um, you know, hormones really hijacked our, our thinking and our actions when we were younger, but this has bled in to our later life in most cases. So that as a teenager, we developed a habit of either masturbating or looking, uh, looking at pornography or both. And in other ways, we may have developed uh, sexual addictions or fetishes or, you know, other things that might hinder us from, um, you know, really, this is what I think, from really fulfilling our true purpose in life and our highest calling. You know, this is not to demonize sex or masturbation. Um, this is not... This is not that at all. This is not about shaming. This is not about um, anything negative. But I want you to see the sort of positive side here that you know, the, the time that we're spending fantasizing, looking at pornography, masturbating, this is time that we could be spending doing something else, right? And you say, oh, well, it's just, you know, three minutes here, five minutes there, whatever the case may be, right? Um, it, still, all of that time adds up, doesn't it? I mean, you know, we could just, you know, we could just do a little bit of basic math here and I'll grab my calculator, you know, so let's just say that you lose five minutes every other day to fantasizing, to masturbation or to pornography, right? So we've got, um, 365.25 days in a year, and we're going to divide that by two because we're saying every other day. So that's 182. Um, basically, if we round up 183, let's round that to 183 days out of the year, and let's multiply that just by five minutes. That's 915 minutes. Divide that by 60 minutes. That is more than 15 hours, right, that we have lost. 
And so the idea of brahmacharya and the idea of semen retention is, you know, it, it can go as mystical as you want it to go, or it can be as practical as you want it to be. I'm just going to hit the practical side here. I mean, you know, I think this is a pretty conservative estimate, if I'm being honest, for the amount of time that the average guy is losing to masturbation, pornography, and sexual fantasy. So, I mean, think about what you could do with those 15 hours. I know that for me, um, I'm interested in writing, and I can write at least a thousand words in an hour. Really, I can write closer to 1,500 words in an hour, right? And so, you know, for me, again, let's say 1,500 words times 15 hours. I mean, I could write 22,500 words instead of this sexual fantasy that doesn't really go anywhere, doesn't really produce anything great in the world. It's really just self-indulgent. And again, I wanna be so clear that I'm not shaming it. I'm not saying that this is, you know, some moral abomination because frankly, I don't believe that it is. But I think from a practical and pragmatic side, there's a lot of waste here. And we only get so much time on this planet, right? And so to waste it, to squander it, I think is truly an offense against our precious life that we have. Let's just say uh, average male life expectancy, I believe, is 76. And so let's multiply that. 76 years, well, it didn't really start till puberty. Okay, let's, let's just say 76 years and then let's subtract, say, 14 years and say that, you know, puberty started at age 14. You've got 62 years, right, with your hormones, you know, potentially going crazy. Multiply that by 15 hours. You've got, you know, 930 hours. Divide that by 24 hours. You're looking, my goodness, that's 38, almost 39 days over the course of your life. That's more than a month that would be given over to something that, again, is is self-indulgent, uh, and 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 the only reason I mention that is it doesn't really produce anything in the world, right? So from a practical standpoint, if we were to cut out this time in our lives and say instead we're not going to do that, we're going to focus on brahmacharya, we're going to focus on semen retention, okay, and and not looking at pornography or masturbating or indulging in sexual fantasy. Um, <clears throat> You know, to do that would give us a lot of time back, wouldn't it? But if we do want to get a little more mystical about this, and and I do, frankly, um, then I think there's something going on here. I think there is something powerful. I don't believe that it's fully understood by Western medicine or by science, um, and perhaps it can't be. Okay, so I know that may make some people uncomfortable, but uh, that's where I'm going to go and just say, I think, put a little star next to this is my opinion, I think that we really can transmute our sexual energy. If um, you've read the book Think and Grow Rich, it talked about this sort of trans transmutation, right? It talked about transmuting um, sexual energy and power into a different kind of energy and power. So not only do I think there, there's, there's a loss and then a potential gain of time practically in, uh, you know, semen retention, but I think that there's also... Um, the potential that we gain energy, additional energy to do additional things by retaining that semen. Because, 
um, you know, the, the seminal fluid, right? So you have the, the semen itself, which is the fluid, and then you have the sperm, right? Which is what's actually going to fertilize an egg. So you have this whole thing here, the seminal fluid and the sperm. And, but, but all of that, the seminal fluid as a whole, uh, is going to be reabsorbed into the body after a certain amount of time right so um, it's not like it's not just something that builds up and builds up and builds up and you have to have release but instead if you get to a point where you sort of um, you know well you retain your semen so that then your body does its natural uh, thing which is to reabsorb that fluid right because because sperm is alive okay so so it has to be constantly, um, sort of like the stock has to be rotated, right? It, you have to constantly renew that uh, supply. So in, in the same way that ladies release an egg, right, <clears throat> over time, um, and, and a new one is released every month, you know, for us guys, it's a little different with the, you know, the, the living sperm there. But, um, you know, the, the sperm is, it needs to be refreshed. It needs to be rotated. And so old sperm has to die and new sperm has to be produced. And so the body has this beautiful cycle that it goes through. It's not just ladies who have a cycle. Guys, we have a cycle as well. It's just different. Okay. And, um, and, and, and that, um, you know, that uh, semen is going to be uh, reabsorbed by the body. So the idea of transmutation then is that the energy, the life force, the vital force within the semen can be, uh, you know, absorbed and then can be used in different ways. Now, I don't think that it gives you magical powers. Okay. I don't think anything, you know, super far-fetched like that, but I do believe that there, there, there has to be some truth to this idea as the body reabsorbs, um, you know, that seminal fluid, there, there has to be, I would think, some sort of basis for, uh, you know, a, a sort of gain, that the body is gaining something in, in the process. Or really, I guess, I guess gain is not a good word, retaining, we're retaining something where if we're constantly masturbating and, you know, uh, losing that seminal fluid, then it doesn't have the chance to be reabsorbed and, and, to, and to be retained. And so we're constantly at a state where we're losing something and our body's having to work to regain it. But if, if we're retaining something and our body's reabsorbing it, you would think at the very least the body wouldn't have to work as hard to produce that seminal fluid potentially, maybe, um, it, because we wouldn't be, there wouldn't be as much of a loss. Now, I know that there's a lot of speculation here. I want to be really clear and, and, and just, and just um, uh, yeah, just really clear about that. I'm not a medical professional. I'm not a nutritionist. Uh, I'm certainly not a semen expert. Um, I don't know what the qualification for that would be. But this is all just something that I've been looking at and studying and, and I've sort of been lurking around some forums for a long time reading about the journeys of other guys. And here's basically what other guys say, right? If you can get to a certain point without ejaculating, you start to feel a different kind of energy, right? You start to feel, and, and this takes, this has its expression in many different ways. So I've read, you know, guys have said things like they felt physically that they had more energy, less fatigue, okay? But I've also heard people say that it affected their mental well-being and their mental health so that they felt more stable, so that they felt mentally more secure. 
And, and I thought, well, that's really interesting. And some other guys were saying that they felt less erratic in their emotions, like they didn't feel as angry or depressed just from working toward this goal of semen retention. With varying degrees of success, guys are reporting that they're experiencing results. Now, that's anecdotal. And I know that anybody can come in and say, well, again, you know, it is anecdotal. Uh, it's not a scientific study. And so, you know, maybe this is all just the placebo effect. And I'm willing to go there because I'm a science teacher and say, maybe this is just the placebo effect. But the placebo effect is very, very powerful. And I don't think we should dismiss the power of a placebo. It's really interesting. I start my day off drinking honey water. So I take a tablespoon of honey and I mix it up in hot, not like boiling hot, um, but slightly more than warm water. Okay. And, um, you know, w what I have found uh, in, in doing that is I feel, okay, that I've had less issues with my sinuses, um, less issues with allergies. And the whole idea behind, you know, using raw and unfiltered honey in the way that I'm using it, and there have been many studies done on this, by the way, the idea is that there's bee pollen and, and other things, you know, in, uh, in the honey. And so slowly over time, you're sort of like inoculating yourself against the local pollen, especially if you're doing local, uh, local honey, right? I was reading an article though about this and I thought it was so funny. It, the conclusion of the study was that um, drinking raw and unfiltered honey water did reduce the, the reported incidence of, um, of allergies, okay, and sinus issues, but only for the people who believed that it would. So they surveyed them on the front end and asked them whether they thought it would help or not. And for the ones who thought it would help, it turns out that that, that was like a self-fulfilling prophecy that they actually did experience less um, symptoms. And it wasn't just self-report. They actually did look at some different, um, some different metrics. Uh, I don't remember what they are off the top of my head. If you Google it, though, you can find this study. It's, it's really fascinating. It's, you know, just Google something like, you know, honey for allergies, placebo effect, and you should come up with it. So, you know, the thing about it is maybe with semen retention, maybe it is a sort of placebo effect. But if you get a good effect from it, well, I mean, does it really matter how you got that effect, right? If it's working for you, does it really matter? So whether there's a mechanism, an actual physical mechanism at work here, or whether it is psychological and there is some sort of placebo effect, I still think it's worth your time, uh, guys, to look in to brahmacharya and semen retention. At the very least, look into it. Give it some thought. Think about the time that you are wasting, the precious time in your life. And I am not judging anyone on here because guys, I mean, just being completely honest, I've wasted so much time on this stuff, both when I was younger and even still today. And I'm tired of it. 
Like, I just have to be honest. I'm tired of it. I have other things I want to do in my life, and I feel like this is getting in the way of what I want to do and how I want to live my life. So if you feel that way as well, I encourage you to look into this issue of semen retention. Um, there are lots of forums out there. Remember, you can look up the NoFap movement, um, and you can find a ton of information. There are a ton of YouTube videos. And again, if you Google or YouTube Brahmacharya, you'll get some really great spiritual insights and wisdom as well. Um, so, you know, guys, I just want to say, you know, basically drop me a line. Let me know what you think about this, because I feel like this could be a pretty controversial issue, maybe the most controversial issue I've ever talked about here on, on the podcast. And so I really want to know what you think. Uh, please do drop me a line. Let me know uh, if you like this kind of content, just like real, like real motivating, inspiring, um, you know, content. Uh, please subscribe to the Dude Fuel podcast and also share an episode that you found um, especially interesting, engaging, intriguing with somebody that you care about. I'm Cody Ray Miller. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to speaking with you again tomorrow, my friends.